Would you welcome Pastor Aaron to the stage? Pastor Aaron. Uh, I'm Pastor Corey. If we haven't met, we'd love to meet you afterwards. Um, Pastor Aaron, I'm trying to get her on stage more and more. I always tell her, I'm like, I will use peer pressure. I will prophesy it if that's what you want. But uh, it's always great to have Pastor Aaron on stage. So I want to welcome some special guests to the house. This is Compassion Canada. This is Brian Cool and his team from Compassion Canada. You're, you're wondering, you're wondering, A, how do you get a na- last name like Cool? And uh, you bribe somebody in the government. He was born Brian Uncool, and he changed it. I just made that up. Um, anyways, we're so glad that you are here, Brian. Compassion Canada is an organization that helps the poor. And at Christmas time, we are so grateful to the Lord that we get to take part in this and partner with such an incredible partner as Compassion Canada. You're going to hear from him in, in a few minutes, but, but right now what we have is actually a child dedication, and Pastor Aaron is going to lead that part, and then we're going to do like a little team teach about parenting. And uh, so we hope you find that helpful. That's going to be like the, the best hits of a group that we just did, um, like a large small group that we just did called family dynamics, which I was definitely a part of. It's like, I'm like a goldfish. I just can't remember stuff. And, um, and so we asked that group, which was like, it was like a giant small group that broke up into like six other giant small groups. But we talked in there about parenting and stuff. And so this is like the best hits that they're like, they want everybody to hear some of the stuff we're sharing about parenting. Not that, not that we're, we're learning lots too. Okay. So to get started today, all business, all business. Uh, We have some families here that are ready to dedicate their kids to the Lord. So I'm going to welcome up the Eagle family, Brian and Caitlin, with Mason, Easton, and Brooklyn. Yeah, come on up, Come on up. We got Jake and Samantha with Skyla McInnes. I didn't hear any of that, but come on up, too. Uh, Kenny's here with Michelle. Come on up. up. Hold on, hold on. All right, there we go. Come on, let's, I don't know, are we lining up here? Let's line up here. Uh, We've also got Ezekiel Taiwu. With Jeremiah and Adi Tutu. Is that right? This, and we've got Jeff and Anna with Maverick. Spigno. Come on. Come um, on up, you guys. Just, yeah, come on up. Well, I just want to say a big welcome to all of the friends and family that are here to help support and encourage these people today. Yeah, come on up. All right, Pastor, and keep talking. Come on up, guys. Is this okay? I feel like this Over is here? more than we had planned for this service, but we're glad That's okay. You guys good? We are here. Hey, we love kids, everybody. I would be the best venue kids teacher, but we would lose all of your kids. That's why I don't work in venue kids. Oh, so. we, got, we got Tahila up here. Yeah? Oh, no. No. Okay, what's your, what's your name? We're just double-checking our list right now. We're just making sure that we have, like, the right cards for everybody after. Okay, Pastor Aaron, take it So child dedication is a joint expression of parents' desire to raise godly kids, but also our commitment as a church family to help support you. Parenting in the early stages is not easy, and we want to encourage you as much as we can. But with direction and intentionality, um, parents can really build a spiritual foundation that lasts. That's what we want for you guys, a spiritual foundation in each and every one of your kids that lasts. Yeah, that's good. 
um, parents have the greatest influence on their kids' life, but you're not the only influence in their lives, and we want to be a part of that with you, not to interfere, but to help, encourage, come alongside you. Your church family is here for you. We want to journey with you as parents to build spiritually healthy homes together. Um, And doesn't that kind of relieve the pressure of parenting, that you don't have to do it on your own, that we're here with you through this, alongside you? So parents, today is about publicly thanking God for the gift of your children and choosing to surrender them to God. It's about asking for grace and wisdom from God to carry the responsibility of stewarding the gift that he's given you in each and every one of these kids. Um, And as you dedicate your your kids to the Lord, um, you're also surrendering you're surrendering them. You're surrendering them. Um, you're publicly committing to raise them in the, the ways of Jesus and raising them that one day they'll be make a decision on their own to follow Jesus with their lives and make a commitment to him as well. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So parents, I'm asking you today, will you model your life and your words after Jesus, leading them by example and teaching them how to live a life that honors the Lord? Okay. We, we hope you said yes because that's why we're here. So. That's why we're here. So le- leading kids to live a life that honors Jesus, is it's not just a checkbox, parenting to-do list. Um, It's a commitment, it's intentional, it's ongoing, it's hard, it's a conversation that helps shape them and who they're becoming. And so I I see that you're here today, and this is your commitment to raise your kids in the house of the Lord, to know Jesus. Now church, I'm going to ask you guys, will you join me in committing to support these parents as they raise their kids to know, love, and follow Jesus? Not to interfere, but to encourage, to strengthen, to surround them with love and prayer and help. Thank you, church. So to each one of you, we're going to be giving you guys uh, a certificate of dedication and also a scripture. And our prayer team has prayed over your children and has a specific scripture for each one of them. And so Pastor Corey is going to bless, uh, just pray over you, and we're just going to bless each one of you. Amen. And, and I would recommend using that scripture to, to, as a basis to pray over your child because God has given the prayer team something for your child that probably you don't even see in your child yet. My mom prayed Psalm, uh, Psalm 1 over me uh, probably every day uh, for my uh, childhood, and it made me into what that psalm was talking about, I think, you know, by the grace of God. So, And so, oh, you love kids. Oh, my goodness. And uh, par- parents, just so you know, also our gift to you is like you can check them into kids immediately after this. And, uh, sit and relax and just enjoy the presence of that God. That is real. And uh, yeah, so Father, right now, can you just, uh, we do this in church sometime. If you're new to church, we just stretch our hands out. It's just like kind of a way of, of blessing. And we believe family operates through touch. And so we're just kind of kind of just reach out and support and bless and say like, hey, we agree, we bless, we're here for you. Father, right now we are agreeing with the word of God over these children, these precious children. We understand in our generations that what we are doing is, t- is for their generation and the one coming behind them, Lord God, that what we are doing is building a foundation on it. But we will, we must raise children who love the Lord Jesus and who live by the, the moral code and the kingdom of the living God and live their lives uh, to help other people. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name for the Lord's blessing on every child, for the Lord's protection on every child here, his uh, angelic protection as they come and as they go. In Jesus' name, um, 
And Father, we pray that let the destiny, we as a church body, uh, assume the responsibility as well of the destiny and purpose of every child here. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Not to interfere, but I will be the pastor who feeds them candy. I'm just preparing you to know that. I will be the fun pastor. And so, all right, we love you guys so much. Come on, give these guys a hand. We have certificates for you as you go here. Thank you, Sean. You have any kids you want to dedicate, Sean? <laughs> you have any kids you want to rededicate? <laughs> All right. So like Pastor Corey said, this is kind of the greatest hits on parenting because we want to just encourage the parents in the house as they dedicate their kids to the Lord. But um, I think that you'll find some tips in here, even just how to encourage other parents if you don't have kids or your kids are grown or things like that. Um, just how to encourage them on this walk. Um, we, one of the things we talked about was we want to prepare the child for the path. We don't want to just prepare the path for the child. Sometimes we make things really easy. We want, we want to make the path really clear and, and um, give them everything in front of them. But we, what we actually need to do is focus on preparing our children. Um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, he or she should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So that's a promise based on fundamental and principle. So, and God doesn't break his promises. So, but it does put a lot of responsibility on the parent um, as well. Prepare the child for the path. I think that's brilliant, Pastor Aaron. Can I just say, like, prepare the child for the path, not the path for the child. Every great person has had great struggle. And so as parents, sometimes I'm, I'm a protector. I want to protect my killed children from it. But the reality of it is they'll never become strong without the struggle. And so what I need to do is prepare them for the struggle. And, uh, and that also means showing them sometimes when I'm struggling and like, here's the process that I have. This is what dad does when it's hard, you know. Um, oh, this is me. Um, parenting is stewarding children. This might help you a little bit. Um, it's not really you parenting them. It's you stewarding them for the time that the Lord is taking over. So just think about it like this. You're like an adopted parent for these children. So that actually helps us get better as parents because we don't have to like have this image that we have it all together and we know everything. God is like, hey, I just picked a flawed person to raise a flawed child. So learn, learn how to you yourself getting better. I feel like I need to say this to this room right now. Some of you didn't grow up with good parents. And so some of these things that I'm going to speak to you, you're going to realize there's a gap in your own life. God is your father. The church body will fill in these gaps for you. So I want you to take hope. Maybe it's something you need to get prayed for. But listen, just because you didn't get it then doesn't mean that God's not going to get it to you now. And so, um, yeah, anyways, why don't you keep moving? Um, one of the things we talked about, we were talking about when Nehemiah was building the wall and, and just those low parts in the wall that are unprotected at times. We talked about the um, failure often happens at those low parts in the wall. And you've really got to focus there. Uh, more than all of the things that are working in your kids' lives, you gotta you got to make sure that you're intentional with those things that are um, hard and low and yeah, not working. I, what I see is a lot of parents nowadays um, with very little parenting skill um, because nobody taught them. Like, it takes a good parent to teach a good parent, right? So if they didn't learn, it would be like going in and trying to do something in the trades world when nobody taught you how to do it. So nobody's born a great parent. 
And so these are some of the things that, that what I see a lot of right now is that what we're doing is we're celebrating all the things that are working. I think that's a bit of a waste of time. Like if it's working, everybody knows that it's working. You don't have to be like, hey, look at me, you know, you're whatever. Instagram, Instagram. has helped with this. I'm like, you know where the devil gets at your kids is at the low point on the wall. So what, what the church family is here for, what you need to do as a parent is commit to like, we need to know what the low spot on the wall is for every child, because every child has a different one, I think. Um, what our family's weaknesses are. Um, and the church family is beautiful because it can actually raise up the whole family's weaknesses. So I'm really good at some things. She's really good at other things. But we together share some weaknesses. That will get magnified and passed down to our child. It becomes low spots in their lives that we need you in their lives to, like, build up the wall. All the wall has got to be the same height, you know. And so. And I just want to say, too, that the church is a safe place to share your weaknesses and your failure and your kid's failure because... Um, we, we want you to know it's okay. Like, it's And okay it's good for, for your kids to know that their names come up in conversations that they are not in. Yeah, that's true. It's really good for your kids to be like, oh, I didn't just say that to mom. I said that to other people in my mom's small group. And so uh, that's also really healthy for children to understand as well. I don't mean like we're selling them out, but I mean like we're getting help and we're like, we care enough about you to talk about you when you're not here. So um, I think the first low spot on the wall that I think is probably the worst one, and I'm a pastor's kid, so I've watched lots of families grow up, is lack of attention to the local church. That I think is the low spot on most yeah. walls. It is the... Um, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish, meaning if you're not planted in the house of the Lord, you will not flourish. Um, it's easily the most neglected with the most negative outcome that I've experienced. And it's also the easiest to fix. And so I want to say the, the kids that grow up in the house of the Lord, where they're church kids, where they're youth kids, where they're those kids with the peer groups that grow up getting the same message every place they go, those become the best kids in society. And the most healthy and able to help the most people. So what's number two? Uh, another thing is we lack the courage to say no. So our priorities are out of order. Um, sometimes we think we have to balance everything equally. No, we have to have things in order. Some things weigh more. Like being in the house of God, that's where you flourish. Um, and you're eventually going to say yes to what you don't say no to. And I would say sometimes, too, we don't say no to our kids uh, we don't say no to our kids because we want to make things easy for them. Um, I had a friend who once said to me, you know, this is what she would say to her kids. If you want an answer, because sometimes you just get tired of them asking, 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 and you just say yes. Sometimes you just have to say, if you want an answer right now, the answer is no. If you give me time to think about it and reflect on what the priorities are, does this fit in with the priorities of our family, then I'll have time to um, decide if this is really good or not. It's also the reason why Neela was addicted to coffee at the age of four. Okay, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. So I'm saying I'm just, learning this as just well. Just to be open and, and vulnerable here. Um, but that's different, really. Anyways, um, <laughs> the power in your life is, is in your focus and in what you've said no to, not in what you say yes to. So the no's help us say yes to the right things. And it's just like systematically, no, 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 so that we can say yes to the main things. So... Um, I guess I'll show this one because this is red. This is for me. Um, we have devotion time in the morning, which means when we come downstairs, normally one of our kids or we read devotion time on Version Bible app or actual Bibles. Uh, we, that's the first thing that every person in our home does. We've just taught that in, into kids really young that we spend time with the word of the Lord first. We don't, we don't look at texting. We don't 
you know, our kids don't even really go on social media, but like that waits and waits and waits. What people think can wait. We are here to honor the Lord with our time and with our day. Another thing that we shared is this concept, don't bail, let them fail. Meaning don't bail your kids out of everything. Failure is okay. The struggle is good. It's a teacher for them. Um, if I'm a good parent, sometimes I think my kids shouldn't struggle. And, and again, Instagram doesn't help because we see all the highlight reels of everyone's life and we think that no one else is dealing with these things. You didn't see the other child that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we only share those things with each other, but that's why we need to be real with one another and encourage each other in these things because our kids struggle, we struggle, and but it does teach us. And so we can't just bail them out of every... Um, hard thing. And there is an epidemic of the failure to understand cause and effect. So if you refuse to allow the consequences of, and I don't mean like, I told you not to play and get hit by a car. You know, I'm not talking about that. But I, well, I am talking about the minor pain points that are teachers so that that doesn't happen in the future. And so, um, so that to me is like, no, don't bail them out. You got to let them fail. They have to learn how to deal with failure so they're resilient and understand that there is a effect to the, the thing that I'm doing today is going to turn out like this tomorrow. So. And sometimes when we don't feel the consequences, we don't ever grow. We still. I was a kid who felt a lot patterns. of consequences, everybody. <laughs> um, thanks to my dad who always dealt with dis or always disciplined attitudes. This is a huge thing right now. I think that lots of kids are like, well, they've been hurt. Okay, can we just be like, everybody gets hurt every day. Your attitude is actually your response to that. So I understand hurt, but anger is a different thing. And I understand this, but self-pity is a different thing. And I understand this, but being offended is a different thing altogether. These are choices that your children are not able to make yet. So especially when they're young, you have to be like, I know your brother did this, but this is your response. And you are on the hook for your response. And what you're doing is showing them that what's happening outside of you doesn't happen, have to happen inside of you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and all the devil's trying to hurt you with. God inside of you can actually overcome all of those things. And we are empowering our children. But we always would deal with an attitude, meaning we would break windows and stuff gets broken. We don't come down hard on the kids for stuff that gets broken unless they did it with a bad attitude. And we clearly said, stop doing that. You know, uh, Defiance in the home is immediately dealt with. And you have good leverage because they want to eat and live indoors. <laughs> the last thing I want is a defiant kid to hand off to somebody else who's got to deal with that, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, as well, we want to teach our kids that this is about the good of the family, not just about you. It's not just about one individual. Um, I mean, this is what temper tantrums are all about. It's all about me. Everybody look at me. It's all, you know, I'm not getting what I want. Um, and Hold on. Do you know who's really good in our home at temper tantrums? You'll never get this. Eilish. She's like the perfect child now, but back then, man, she used to be able to throw a fit. It was awesome. She had a special chair that she always wanted to sit in, and if any guests came to our house, they would just, it was she would on. just scream her head it off. Was so on. She's like, they're in my chair. I forgot about that. Eilish, we love you. I do love you. Um, and I think there's a huge thing of like personal happiness right now is everything. Um, personal happiness is a long-term thing, everybody. We say it like this. <laughs> Happiness belongs to the Lord. Happy are those, you know. Um, but we say, you'll never be happy unless you're in your destiny. And your destiny, you're here to do two things, connect with God and connect with people. You can't connect with God and people until you help somebody else connect with God and people. Your destiny is helping other people. That is your path. So right now, all we're hearing is like personal happiness at the expense of the whole, at the expense of the family, at the expense of society, at the expense of the next generation. 
what you're doing is cutting off the branch that you sit on, and then nobody's going to be happy because it's short-sighted, five-minute, I think this might work to make me happy. Well, the scriptures have laid out what has been working for centuries and centuries. This actually works. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. And this is countercultural. This is not what culture is teaching our kids. They're teaching them about the individual to focus on the individual. And so you're going to have to be really intentional in this to break the pattern. Um, here's what I would say also. When we planted the church here, our marriage, to say it was in a struggle would be like the nice way to say it. Um, it was like it was not probably going to make it for a lot of different reasons. So we, we were fighting a lot. And there was a lot of conflict in the home. And this is something we had to come to grips with is that our children still needed the best of me when I saw them in the morning. So we might fight all night, but my children didn't deserve that. And sometimes we're like, well, I'm tired. And if my wife would treat me better or my husband would treat me better, then I would have something to give. You brought this child into the world. It is not about what you think you can give. Give what needs to be given. This is, you have to give, like, you got to give whatever, you got to do whatever you got to do. This child needs your attention, needs your love, needs your acceptance so that the patterns that you might be fighting through right now, they don't have to fight through as well. They need to feel good about themselves. They need to have the esteem of the Lord. They need to know what the Lord thinks. And they need to know that, that they are actually important and they are more important than this struggle in the sense of like, I can actually, you know what, we might fight again, but I love you. You're amazing. This has nothing to do with you. This is our problems. You know. And parents, there's more in you than you think. Yeah. God is strong in our weakness. So There is a lot more in you than you think that there is in you. Yeah. All right. Um, Pastor, so, and talk about the first five years. We talked about the first five years of life. In those years, you need to be creating the foundations in your kids, the things that they know that are inherent to every, every son and daughter um, that God has created. They're made in his image. And you need to create safety and trust and identity. So the things we tell our kids in those first years, you are loved. You are valuable. You are safe. You are uniquely gifted. God made you for a purpose. You're supported. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And those things need to be foundational. Otherwise, they can't grow healthy and strong. And some of you grew up in homes that didn't that, that foundation was not there. And there is healing for that. Um, but, but if you are a parent now, you can take the time to instill these things into your kids so that they can grow with confidence and security in who they are. I'll also say you need to teach them that their opinion about bedtime does not matter at all. That their opinion about what mom made for dinner doesn't matter at all. That their opinion about what car you drive doesn't matter at all. Until they are healthy members of society actually paying for things, their opinions are something you actually have to earn based on your expertise. And so I'm not going to talk to some of you about the mechanics of my car because you know as little as I do. So it's like, but my opinion matters. No, you matter. You matter. But you have to earn respect and you have to, you know. So that sort of a thing. Um, we need to teach our children at that age obedience before reasoning. Um, what I see now is like people having conversations with their children. Like, what do you think? Do you really care what your two-year-old thinks about the family finances? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're not best friends with them. Parent them. One day you might be friends with them. But like, parent first. You are there to parent them first. My dad did not want to be best friends with a two-year-old boy. He's like, I did all the stupid stuff. That kid, there's something wrong with that kid. I'm going to... He needs some parenting. And we're great friends now because he invested in the right spot. Um, reasoning comes later, um, but obedience is more important um, in the early years. And this is a thing that I said I would never say, like, why? Because dad said so. And then guess what I started? I'm like, yeah, you know what? That does matter actually more than what you think right now. Because dad said so. 
because mom said so. We're in charge. We pay the bills. You have great leverage, everybody. They got to eat somewhere, you know. So every, every mealtime, if you've got boys, every mealtime is repentance time. It's like, I'm so sorry. You were right. I was wrong. I was just being stupid. So. Um, and here's what I would also say. Discipline is empowering, and discipline has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the child. So you got to get over your moods. Don't discipline angry. Get it under control. Get help. But discipline, this, and my parents taught me this, my dad particularly. Mom was a bit hot-headed and for that, so dad took it over. I should have left it with mom. Oh, that was the worst day of my life, everybody, when dad's like, okay, the A-team just got subbed in, and I guess this is what you wanted. Um, but here's what I would say about discipline. It was like, Corey, here are your options. This way leads to ice cream and life and butterflies. This way leads to pain. And... Uh, you know, and there was this no, like, holding a gun to my parents' heads and be like, well, I'm going to, you know, my friend's house. Dad would be like, so move there. So go to the neighbor's house and live with them because maybe they're cool with you talking disrespectfully to their mom, but we're not cool with it here. Yeah, and it was always very, you know? very clear. If this, then this. And, and it, it wasn't put me in based on emotion yeah. and mood and what, you know, how you were feeling and how mad they were making you or any of those things. Well, and here's what I would say about this. Dad would be like, I guess this is what you chose. And I would be like, I guess this is what I chose. This is what I wanted. I knew what was coming, and I chose it anyways. And what that did was it actually pulled my behavior back early on to be like, when I'm starting to get mad, because my brother would call me fat, when I would start to get mad about it, I would be like, there is a consequence to this that I don't want to experience anymore. And so I started pulling that anger back and started getting control and realizing like, okay, it's empowering for your child, but it's not about you, it's about the child. In the last five years, we're taking a little too long here. I think we should probably get moving because I want to get Brian on stage. Uh, the last five years, we want to be challenging him, coaching him, preparing him for real life, teaching them not just to rely on you as parents, but to rely on God. So we teach him things like life is difficult. You are not in control. You are not that important. Your life is not about you. And you are going to die one day, and you are going to leave a legacy. But you need to rely on God in these things. And... Um, your rules had better make sense by the time they're in their teenage years. Here's what I would say. You want them to follow you? Who do you follow? And how do you talk about the, your leaders to your children? Because if you don't follow anybody, kids aren't stupid. They will figure that out and be like, I don't have to listen to mom. She didn't listen to anybody. And so that, that is the greatest authority that I have to raise my children is they're like, oh, man, pastor, you know, my dad's got a pastor. So. Yeah. Another big thing that came up was internet safety. So we lock all our devices up in the office at night. Okay, this is like revolutionary. We didn't know anybody who did this, and we tried it, and it really, really worked for us. All of our computers, all of our phones, all of our remote controls, everything, everything goes in the office. The our kids can get into the office, but they have to unpin the doors, and it makes a horrible racket and wakes up everybody in the house. So we just thought, you know what, let's just remove the temptation altogether. You're supposed to flee temptation. You're not supposed to resist it. So we're just like, I don't want my kids thinking at 2 in the morning, like, well, I wonder about, I like, yeah, the stuff's already locked away. So let's let our kids sleep when it's time to sleep, not be totally distracted. Here's another thing that I, that I really got a hold of. I'm like, you know, I don't really want my girls uh, at certain ages texting members of the opposite sex um, really alone because you can create this weird little world in there. Back in the day, that were like, if I wanted to call Aaron, I had to talk to you know mom or dad, and it put the fear of God on you. And what you said it was definitely going to be talked about. Some you know, so there was no private this like weird little private world where you can say by text what you know you can you can write down what you would never should never say to somebody. So it creates a weird little thing. Though, so we're just like, yeah, we're just not going to do that now. Uh, now my you know, my older kids are older. I can't can't do anything about that anymore. 
But now we've actually trained them how to think about it. And they're like, okay, we don't want to create some creepy little world, you know. Uh, creepy little world. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Like, what were you thinking? Um, and the last thing we would teach. Teach them to give back. Life is about what you give. We want our kids to be, we want to be generous. We want to teach our kids yeah. to be generous. This ties in with the it's not all about you piece. And we, as a family, we have given our 10th. Uh, our 10% of everything that comes into our home, we give back to the Lord through his house and uh, to help w what you're going to hear about coming up next year. That is something we're doing and much more than that as well because we can never outgive God and that actually fulfills our purpose on this earth. We want our kids to know that our family is not about our family. It's about helping families like your family. And uh, it is just a beautiful way that we have, it's not theories to us anymore, it actually works. And so we are grateful to that. We're grateful for the great parents that have taught us. Uh, as well. My daughter, Ailish, she just told me, um, I, my, my daughter, Ailish, just told me, like, I just adopted it, a kid from Compassion Guatemala. Canada, yep. from Guatemala, and I'm like, what? That, to me, as a dad, is like, yes, it worked. Yes, that's exactly what I want to see, so. Awesome, that's it. Um, Brian, what are we going to do? Are we going to do a video? Okay, we'll do the video. Also, I hadn't talked to Pastor Aaron before today, because I knew today was coming, but Pastor Aaron, we're going to you go pick another kid, too, because we're going to do another kid. You already have her? Okay. Oh, awesome. I'm going to hand the service over to, um, to Brian, and we're going to watch a video right now. And you want this table, so can we clear that off and get that done? All right. Don't cry, everybody. It has been 21 years since I graduated from the Compassion Center. But it was a great moment of my life when I learned that someone, somewhere, is my sponsor. At first it was unbelievable that somebody wanted to help us. People told us that we will never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me, and poverty was my forever reality. Which changed tremendously when I registered with compassion. We knew for sure we will be receiving practical benefits like food, medical care. School supplies and new uniforms every year. But it was actually more than that. There were some things we didn't expect. Learning about Jesus changed my perspective and helped me make good decisions. For seeing my church reach out to my community and see it change. Encouragement, mentorship offered during center days. To have somebody championing for you, that was beautiful. If only you knew how your prayers made a huge difference. From not being expected to complete primary school, I now teach in one of the best schools in inner city London. I work in the community. I serve in community development capacities. Jesus saved us and saved my dad. I want you to know it made a difference. My family's life has changed for the better. Knowing that someone cares for you, it changes you. Ten years ago, when you stood beside me as the best man in my wedding, it was one of the highlights of my life. Thank you for pouring into me and sponsoring me. I always know that someone has got my back. That's how I felt the love of Jesus. It was through my sponsors. They give me this confidence that I am somebody.
Well, thank you so much for, for having me here, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Corey, Renee. Thank you for your welcome this morning, and I just want to honor you. Pastor Aaron, you're a really good teacher, a really good teacher with a lot of wisdom, so bless you. Yeah. It's also really exciting for me to be here because my, my brother's daughter, my, my niece, attends here. Elena Cool attends church here, and I'm so excited for you. Elena, God has a call on your life. He's got a special call in your life, and it's as, as you make venue a part of your life, may, may your love for God's people grow, and may your love for Jesus grow, and you're going to discover exactly what it is God has for you to do in this life. You're very special to him. He loves you very much, and I know your parents do. Your dad, my brother, always talks about you and how proud of uh, you he is, so bless you, and I'm so glad that this is your home church. Okay, now... That was a bit self-indulgent, I'm sorry, but I'm very proud. Yes. Compassion Canada, we exist to release children from poverty in Jesus' name, and it's out of a response to the great commandment and the great commission that, that we are Christ-centered, we're child-focused, and we're church-driven. That is, we love Jesus, we love children, and we really love the local church. Yes. A verse that's impacted my life uh, a great deal is from Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, and these are the words of Jesus, and it says this. Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you've done to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have in fact done it to me. At Compassion, we work with nearly 8,000 churches in 27 underfunded countries around the world to, to serve over 2.3 million children. And each one of our frontline church partners invites about 250 to 300 children from the community. And most of these kids are unchurched. And oftentimes what happens is, is, well, these kids are spending about six hours a week at the local church from the age of one to the age of 18. And over that time period, overwhelmingly, we find they give their lives to Christ. And what we've also found is that for every child that gives their life to Christ, about three or four others of their family members come to Christ as a result. Their parents and grandparents are coming to the church because their children are being served and they're like, what's going on? We want to know more. We want to be a part of this. And so these children are each assigned a tutor, so they get one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And if they need um, medical intervention or dental care, if they need eyeglasses, those things are covered. They get food hampers to take home if the family needs it. And, and again, these kids are living in poverty. So when they go to church um, after school or on Saturday, there's a meal there, and it's just a fun place to be. It's kind of like venue church for kids, you know? And... Um, uh, something that's really core to us at Compassion is, is we believe that poverty in all of its forms yeah. has a root cause. Uh, it's a spiritual root cause. Yes, it and it's, yeah. it's a brokenness of relationship with Jesus. And that's what we want to seek to restore. And that's why we, we partner with local churches. Because the church is God's best plan for the world, okay? It's plan A. There is no plan B. This is it. You're it. Sponsorship. It costs $47 a month. Uh, when I take my family out to eat, say, to like Boston Pizza or something like that, it's like we're closer to 100. So, you know, 47 bucks a month. For 57, you can supercharge your sponsorship and provide for Compassion's Urgent Needs Fund. And what that fund does is if at the end of the year we have a project we need to, to top up or if there's an earthquake or a flood somewhere in the world, we can provide disaster relief from that fund. And so at the back, at the end of the service, you can go to the table and look at all the children there. We might have a few in the, in the foyer, too, in the lobby. And you can choose one of those children. And then once you sponsor them, you're going to get a letter from them. 
and you're going to be able to write them back. And what we found is in children's development, it's actually beneficial for them to receive a letter. Now, I got to admit, my family, we're not the greatest letter writers, but we do write. And it's important in a child's development to know that other people are cheering for them and loving them just as you saw in the video. And in your letter, you're going to be able to write things like, you know what, I just want you to let you know that God loves you. And you're special. And I love you. And I'm praying for you. Those are absolutely life-giving words. Recently, I traveled to Mexico and was able to visit some of our frontline church partners. And at one of the churches, there was a young woman about 19 or 20 years old. And through an interpreter, she told me that she herself had been a sponsored child, and now she was giving back in her local church. Now, this is what I discovered after. In her community, there's a 40% unemployment rate. So even if she wanted to find a job, it's really difficult to. But she's still giving back as a volunteer. She can barely put food on the table, and still she's serving in her church with passion because her life was impacted. She gave her life to Christ, and she wants other children to do the same and to have the same opportunities that she did. At another church uh, we visited, uh, there was a mums and babies program that provides pre- and postnatal care, and they had the mums doing a craft. And so us Canadians were visiting, holding the babies, and, and then they kind of set us up a little bit. And, and they said the craft is not for the mums to keep, it's actually to give to one of you Canadians so that you will be a prayer partner for them. And so, yeah, I know, right? Except I'm kind of selfish like that. So I'm looking down and I'm like, I'm good. I have a lot of people to pray for. I don't need another one. But my heart starts beating and I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I looked up right into the eyes of a young mom and she gave me the craft and through an interpreter and I blurted this out, I'm going to pray for you faithfully and with a father's heart. And so I've got this craft up home craft at home on my wall above my desk so that I can see it every day and I can pray for her. Now this girl, this little baby's like four or five months old. So now am I locked in for the next 18 years? Like to pray, to pray faithfully and with a father's heart. But that's my that's what I need to do because because of Matthew chapter 25 verse 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you've done to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. And friends, I am convinced that if I want to get to know Jesus better, I need to get to know the least of these better, the lost, the least, and the broken. And so, Venue Church, on behalf of Compassion Canada, thank you for having us here, and thank you for being the kind of church where a life saved is worth everything. So that even your neighbors here in Airdrie and those on the other side of the world can be invited to join God's family. Bless you.